Fun fact, listeners. Actually, not so fun fact. Did you know we're eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic a week? Yep, that's right. The products we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. So Blue Land set out to do something about it by eliminating the need for single-use plastics in the products we reach for the most. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful, cohesive design that look great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Refills start at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. It's really a game changer because it's such a space saver in my crazy life. No more bulky bottles of liquid filling up my cabinets and my Costco cart. I love it. And you will love this. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash clink to get 15% off. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, White Wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like White Wine, True Crime, and In Bed by Nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are Housewives of True Crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Hello and welcome. Welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. How's it going? Good. This is a great podcast to get your mind off of what the fuck is going on in this world to... What the fuck is going on in this world? Right? Right. Yeah. Today, I think we ought to just, we're going to be Rona free. Not even going to talk about it. Yeah. No. So sick of talking about it. Let's talk about what we did this weekend. I went swimming in my jacuzzi. Ooh. And, you know, they closed down the mountain, so nobody can even see me. So I just, you know, I'm not naked, but. I don't worry. Yeah, that's nice. I've been thinking the people next door moved out without saying goodbye. You know, and I've been thinking about climbing in their pool. Oh, I know. You asked me if that would be okay. I totally think it's fine right now. People are doing whatever the (laughs) F they want. So I think it's fine. And Gretchen was real bent that they did not say goodbye before they moved. Although those are the kids that also egged your house. Oh, yeah. So is it a surprise? I don't know. I just don't really understand people that just don't say anything. Yeah, I'm one of those people. Oh, yeah. I moved and I didn't say a word to the next door neighbors. They probably thought I was a real big B, but I'm not. I just, you know, I was like, it's my business. I don't need them to know where we're moving to or what. I I didn't need to answer any questions. Well, I mean, it depends on what kind of neighbors they are. I mean, I'm not going to tell the German lady that, you know, when I move. Right, right. 
But it is, I am very satisfied now because now those are the people that had all the cats in the neighborhood that poop everywhere. Oh yeah. Now she's going to see, I'm like vindicated. You know what? She even said hello to me the other day. The German? hello back. Yeah, the German. Oh, see, it's, you know, Germans sometimes they just need some warming up. Takes them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It takes like the end of the fucking world for her to warm up, but you know, whatever. We're not talking about the Rona. No, no, no. No, no, just, no. Just take it like she just needed a little time, okay? Yeah. Okay. And I do have neighbors now that I would tell that I was leaving, but I did do a virtual happy hour. I think I talked about that on the panic party. Yeah. And you and I have been virtually looking at each other through Zoom when we do this sometimes. I know. Maybe we could do something like a happy hour on the Facebook group. Oh, that's not a bad idea, actually. It's like a virtual meetup. Sometimes I have good ideas. Every once in a while. But not today because I don't look good at all. No, you have to put some makeup on if you're going to do it. Brush your hair at least. I just have to brush my hair. I don't care about makeup. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, what are you drinking today, Gretchy? I'm drinking tea. Oh, me too. Matcha. Keeping the hot liquids going down. (laughs) Me too. Me too. What are you going to drink tonight? That might be more enticing. Exciting. Yeah. White wine. White wine. Yes. I busted into the box Sauvignon Blanc uh-huh. from Le Trader Joe's. Okay. I, so I'm going to be hitting that later. I think that I am going to have a margarita. Oh, okay. Again. Again. Maybe with vodka. Vodka margarita. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. But I am I, in my... I. I moved my studio down to my bar area and I do have Casamigos looking directly at me right now. So I might just stop for tequila, but we'll see. Oh yeah. Either one. So clink, clink to that, Gretch. Clink, clink. And let's just get into your crime because I'm real interested in this because I'm real over the news right now. Oh yeah, for real. Okay. Today, I'm going to tell you about a real family man named Aubrey Lee Price that got himself in a pickle. You ready for it? I'm ready. Rebecca and Aubrey met in college in 1987 at Bruton Parker Baptist University. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where's that? Smart school. Oh gosh, I think it's in Georgia. Okay. okay. Aubrey graduated with a degree in ministry. The couple went on to get married, and Aubrey got his master's in ministry from Columbia University. Okay. Ministry, like they're going to be pastors at a yeah. church. Yeah. I mean, can we? Is it? You know, I always get this wrong. Is it pastor, 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 pastor? Pastor. Okay. 
Okay. Over the course of 16 years, he went on to serve as a pastor. I don't think it's pastor. I think it's pastor. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. You couldn't say it with like a twang and nobody would ever know. Like, pastor. You know, yeah, I'm going to go like see that. my pastor right now. Yeah. Okay. So something like that. Okay, he served as a pastor at three different Baptist churches in Georgia. He was very well liked at every congregation he served. He was also a devoted father. His children adored him. He was at all their extracurricular sports activities. (laughs) I know, I know. I swear I haven't even been drinking, (laughs) y'all. Okay. He lived modestly and gave 10% of his salary back to the church. He was very involved in mission trips to Venezuela, and his family would accompany him on these trips. He is described as just a very giving, generous guy, was not materialistic. He drove the same truck for years and years. Better person than me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tabitha needs and like a new lease every minute. Well, listen, and then she I goes dri- over her mileage. I drive a lot. And these yeah. cars, they only last so long. It's like these iPhones, they only last so long also. You know, that's the upside of this this little pickle that we're in right now. I'm not putting too many miles on my car these days. Guess what? My car ran out of batteries, so I can't even drive it. Oh, thank God. Good. And I'm not calling the tow truck driver to come pump this battery up. So I am real stuck. Good. That'll keep you home. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, in 2000, Aubrey Lee Price had the opportunity to work at a brokerage firm in Alpharetta, Georgia. Now, people close to him were surprised he took the job because he was such a dynamic preacher. But he still served as pastor at Clear Springs Baptist Church. But now, instead of just 10% of his salary, he donated the whole thing to his charity in Venezuela. Wow. So, like, win-win, right? Yeah. You know, he, he's making more money to provide for his family and still serving the church. Okay. In 2003... He left that firm and went to another where he was killing it. His client list continued to increase and he had gotten many of his clients through the church and a little networking. Smart. Right? Yeah. Smart. Right. Okay. In 2008, he started his own firm called PFG. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds like BFD kind of, right? <laughs> Sounds like BDMF or whatever. Yeah, BDSM. I know, I know, I know. I know, right? <laughs> okay, we're so mature. Okay. At his own firm, the PFG, he had about 100 clients, which I don't know, that doesn't sound like a ton to me, but I guess it was because now Aubrey moved his family to a 5,500 square foot house in Bradenton, Florida. Wow. That's that's a good size house. That's moving on up for sure. Yeah, right. Okay. I'm familiar with Bradenton. I was just there two years ago. No way. 
Yes, I was. Remember, I went to that 60th wedding anniversary party for my in-laws in Florida. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cute little beach town um, that hopefully is not lined with fucking idiots right now. Right? It probably is. Go home. Yeah. Go home. Stop spreading the Rona. Okay. Damn, I said I wasn't going to talk about it. Okay. Okay. So things appear to be going pretty good for the Price family. But around 2009, things weren't going that great for lots of people in the country. Remember about 12 years ago when it kind of caught up to all the banks that had handed out adjustable rate loans to anyone Mm -hmm. and it all ballooned. And as a result, lots of people ended up being upside down in their mortgages. Yeah. My mom was one of them. Oh, no. Uh Well... That resulted in a recession and locally owned banks were particularly really screwed. Okay. Yep. So according to Aubrey, being the well-respected financial advisor in the know, he was urged by clients at the time to have his investment firm check out some of what he calls dog and pony shows that sold him this idea that if these small banks had significant capital injected into them right now, they would become gold mines. Okay. Mm -hmm. So according to him, that's what he did. His firm invested in MB&T bank, a small bank. It had two branches. Okay. Okay. Now the thing is, The feds don't really think that this is an accurate description of how he came to invest in MB&T. They claim that what was going on was something like, although Price had advertised his servants to his clients as low-risk, long-term investments, he had been making a real high-risk investments in South America with his clients' money, And they had not been paying off for a while. So he had been hiding all of this by making fictitious statements for his clients. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when Price stepped in to save the bank, when they were $3.4 million in the hole, he was viewed as like a savior in the local community. And I'm thinking he probably saw this as an opportunity to get his hands on more funds to recoup the losses he had been covering up because more and more people poured their life savings into his hands at a time when people were really vulnerable because of the economy. I mean, you know, you can imagine people didn't really trust big banks. And here he is, this well-spoken pastor, family man that is selling solid investments for your retirement, right? Yeah. Oh my God. He's stealing their money. Yeah. He gambled people's life savings away in hopes for big returns to make up for the losses he already had, but it didn't, it didn't really work out. Okay. After only a year of his firm investing in the bank, it was now $50 million in the hole. Oh my God. Yeah, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Price had to take 
the bank's security accounts, which is apparently like real bad, and trade those funds to try to keep the bank afloat all while falsifying everybody's statements. Like himself. Okay. Uh huh. Personally, Price says in his defense, he did not really understand the condition the bank was in originally. And if he did, he would have invested his client's money in a lottery ticket because at least then they would have had a chance at getting a return. But he's so, not being honest, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's being very honest. I don't think he likes to take a lot of responsibility for himself. Well, the pressure of all this began to mound and his family began to feel it. He sold that big house in Bradenton at a loss. He started smoking cigarettes. And that happy-go-lucky guy who used to say things like, golly, when things got hectic. Yeah. What's he saying now? Profanity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit gets real and people start right? cussing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we do it on the regular, but, you know, some people don't. Okay. so. He knew he could not keep up this charade forever, and he took off before his fraudulent actions came to light. He had a trip planned to Venezuela. This was common for him because of his ministry work. He still had that going on, and he had investments down there. He would typically email all of his four children daily when he was gone, and so when they didn't hear from him right away, they suspected something was wrong and their fears were realized when they received letters along with his investors that he was leaving the world in shame and taking responsibility for defrauding people out of what he estimated was $40 million. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, so he was seen getting on an airplane to Key West where he took a taxi to a post office and a dive shop and then boarded a ferry from Key West to Fort Myers where he presumably jumped because he left his backpack with his wallet behind. The thing is that a big storm came in and that halted the search for his body. But he jumped overboard with dive equipment? Well, he went to the dive shop to buy weights, but then he left his backpack on the boat. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it ended up the Coast Guard spent $173,000 trying to find him to no avail. Okay. Mm -hmm. But he's in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. No body. Right. Okay, a few weeks later, there was a federal investigation into all of his shady business, right? And indictments happened naturally, right? He had left behind his wife, Rebecca, with just $5,000. How generous. Before he left. Yeah, how generous, right? 
Do yeah, you, he did not really like hook her up. I mean, you got your hands on all that money. Do you think that she knew what was going on or she was just totally in the dark? I think she's totally in the dark. Okay. He had bought his family lots of canned food and toilet paper before he left. <laughs> Useful now, but maybe not then. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what kind of red flags that raised, but... Yeah. So, I mean, only $5,000, but he did do that. Okay. So two months after his disappearance, a receiver was appointed by the courts to collect whatever assets and accounts could be used to pay back the investors. Rebecca was able to have Aubrey declared legally dead six months after his disappearance without a body And that usually takes, as we know, seven years. Yeah, five to seven years, right? Yeah, but I think the court probably felt sorry for the investors because after he was declared, Rebecca could claim a couple of life insurance policies that could be turned over to the court receiver. Mm. Mm -hmm. So at this point, aside from working as a school teacher, she was also working two side jobs to make ends meet to pay her mortgage. She was able to collect Aubrey's social security so that, you know, every penny counts. Yeah. When you're Rebecca, right? Pretty unimaginable, I think, to lose your husband to suicide and then find out that he has been hiding the financial ruin of over a hundred people from you. And guess what? No time to stay in bed. You got to get up and get your ass to work and support your four kids and pay these people back for the rest of your life. My God. Can you even imagine? Yeah. And she was met with much shame and hostility in the community. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 That's a pretty rough fall from grace from being the pastor's wife, you know, to... You know. One of the most hated people, I'm sure, that because nobody, I'm sure some people believe that she didn't know, but they're also going to think she's an idiot for not knowing when I don't believe right. that. Right. I think that it's very easy for somebody to act like they're working on something and, and totally pull the wool over your eyes and you think he's the best thing since sliced bread. I mean, look at the people that are serial killers that have a family and a wife and they have no idea their husband's going out at night and murdering people, you know? So it's possible that you don't know that somebody's stealing money. Oh, it's totally possible. And to her credit too, they lived a long time without, I mean, they met while he was in college to be a minister. They lived a long time without him being involved in finances. His character was he drove an old pickup truck forever. Like you would not think that he would get himself, you know, mixed up with all this embezzlement and shady business. So yeah, I don't, I don't think she knew. Okay, so she's doing everything she could to pick up the pieces. She was hammering out the settlements with her attorney and providing for her kids until 16 months after being declared dead. Guess who turned up? He did. Yeah. No freaking way. Yeah. 
This came as a shock to his family, but not the feds. They never bought the way he disappeared, starting with the fact that, you know, they had trailed him, right? They thought it was odd that he changed his hat from maroon to white in the ferry terminal. Like, oh, that is odd. He didn't have anything but that backpack with him, but he changed hats. Listeners, today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Are you busy? Well, of course you are. And if you're like me, that means you put off investing because maybe it just doesn't seem urgent or it's intimidating. Enter Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just spare change. Acorns recommends an expert built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. What I love about Acorns is that it gives you the tool to give your money a chance to grow. You don't have to start with a lot. Just start. Believe me, it feels great. Head to acorns.com slash clink or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash clink. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors, LLC, Acorns is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities, LLC, member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. You have heard me talk about my language learning skills with Rosetta Stone, and I'm telling you, I'm getting really good at it. I learned a little bit of Japanese before we went to Japan last year, and I really love the French language. So I'm learning French at the moment. Bonjour, bonsoir. I'm even getting a little bit of the accent down. Not very good, but I'm, I'm getting there. And with Rosetta Stone, it makes it so easy. I download it on my phone. I learn it in the car. It is awesome. You can do it on your desktop, wherever you find it convenient. They are there for you. And they have 25 languages, you guys, that you can use. And right now they are giving a lifetime membership for 50% off. So you can learn as many languages as you want for your entire life, which is amazing. And the best part is, it starts off, you know, with just words and then phrases and then sentences. And then you should be able to have a conversation with somebody that also knows the language, which is, you know, my entire goal. So don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now. Seriously, get started before your summer vacay. The, our listeners get 50% off the lifetime membership. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem it today at rosettastone.com forward slash today. Yeah, that's super weird. And I also yeah. thought, I mean, he left his backpack in his wallet, but that's, you know, if you're smart, you just like, who cares? You have another wallet or whatever, you know, yeah. keep 20 bucks in there. Like, Oh, whoops. I forgot that. Yeah. So he left his wife to do all this cleanup. Yes. What an ass yes. fuck. Right. 
Okay, so the feds also knew that he had connections in Venezuela, so they had figured he had made his way down there. Uh, uh He had been put on the FBI's most wanted list along with the $20,000 reward. Aubrey has since said he couldn't believe the reward for him was only $20,000. He said, come on, put up some money on me. Oh, come on. $20,000 in Venezuela is probably a lot of money. Did somebody turn him in? No, that is not how he got. He was arrested during a routine traffic stop on New Year's Eve 2013 for having something. You might have this problem. He had an illegal tint job on the truck he was (laughs) driving at the time. But wait, he wasn't in Venezuela? No. Where no, was he, he at? He was at, he was in Brunswick, Georgia. I do have a tent job, but I'm not telling you if it's uh, illegal or legal. Okay, Sean does not want me to incriminate myself on the podcast. So, <laughs> okay. well, let's just say I think it's real dumb to put do something that could cause you to get pulled over. Well, he doesn't want to be seen, so he needs some tent. You know, we even have people around here that have such dark tint. There's no way you can even see in their car at all. And that makes me real suspicious. Like maybe it's Justin Bieber or Kylie. Well, yeah. Also, this was on New Year's Eve. So it's like, listen, amateur, go home. You don't need to be driving on New Year's Eve. Everybody gets pulled over. Okay. So wait, he faked his death, makes his way to Georgia, one Mm -hmm. state away. That's it. Starts another life over there. Yeah. Yeah. So when police pulled him over, they noticed right away he was like real nervous. And when he was pulling out his ID, he pulled out an extra one. (laughs) And they were like, hey, buddy, why do you have more than one ID? Well, I have more than one ID, too, because one of them's expired. Yeah, but I'm sure both of yours say the same name. Yes, they do. Yeah. Him, not so much. Okay. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. So they said, well, you know, if you won't tell us who you are, we'll take you down to the station and book you, get your fingerprints, and then we'll find out for sure. And at that point, he said, well, you're going to find out who I am and you're going to get a reward. <laughs> he did not say that yeah that's what he said according to the deputies and um oh my god they actually the deputies didn't qualify for the reward of course i wouldn't think that they would they're they're law enforcement that's their job yeah that's their job okay but aubrey didn't know that aubrey is whatever an idiot I don't know what kind of ministry college he's going to, but obviously it doesn't teach them like life skills. Yeah. Okay. So he had actually been living in, I don't know specifically what he was doing in Brunswick, Georgia, but he had actually been living in Sintra, Florida. So he didn't even go a state away. Well, I think his family might have been in another Georgia town at the time. I think they were in um, 
Valdosta, Georgia, but they're all like real close. I'm going to send you a picture. I'm sending it to you right now. He was disguised well. He's like completely unrecognizable. Oh my God. Good, right? Really unrecognizable. I mean, he went from like clean cut, hair parted to the side, to I'm living the low life, can't even afford to get a haircut. Yeah. And he lost 35 pounds too. He looks like, he kind of looks like John Travolta a little bit. Yeah. In like Pulp Fiction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So he had been going by the name Jason and had fashioned himself a little marijuana growing operation inside of his trailer. (laughs) I mean, this just gets better. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) He says he got into the Mary Jane after cage fighting in New York and running out of prescription pills. Okay. Okay. That's according to price. Yeah, that's pretty bananas. Yeah. He had traveled all over South America and the East Coast in the last 18 months. According to him, he'd become like a real badass. He says he even made friends with prostitutes. And I know we're supposed to call them sex workers, but that's his words. Okay. Okay. He says that he was actually just friends with them. Okay. Uh huh. I believe it. Like everything yeah. else, this guy has that has come out of this guy's mouth. It's all believable. I know. Okay. What is interesting about all of this is that his neighbors in Central Florida say, "Well, you know, they're actually pretty sure that he's just been there the last eighteen months." So he wasn't traveling all over the world. <laughs> This guy is like a, a, he's a pathological liar. (laughs) Yeah. And how would he get all over the world anyways? Like you need a passport. Oh, listen, I'm going to get into it. What he said he did, but it's like in 18 months, you lived like 10 lifetimes. I'm not. Yeah. Cage fighter in New York. Cause you can just do that overnight. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. So his neighbors liked him. They said he was real chatty. Neighbors around his trailer knew him as a nice guy, but they did suspect he probably had some other means of income besides growing palm trees and watermelons, like he claimed. He had given them a story about how he had a couple of kids in South Carolina, so he would take off for there for a couple days at a time to go visit them. But from what I can tell, in reality, he was going to Orlando and Jacksonville to peddle his marijuana. He also told them that he was a recovering alcoholic, which is weird because he was drinking during this time. According to the worker at the local Chevron, he bought beer every week. So maybe he is just a total compulsive liar because it's like, why, why do you have to add on that kind of lie? Then you got to like hide your beer cans. Your neighbors. I think people that have this problem are really, they have a real bad, it's a problem. It's like they can't help it. Yeah. According to his neighbors, he also had a girlfriend about half his age, they figured. But when they questioned him about her, he said that was his niece. They were like, well, your niece sleeps over a lot and she's hot. Okay. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
The thing about him is everyone says he is just a great storyteller and very likable. He met with a journalist for the Atlanta Journal and told him a story about making his way to Venezuela and working as a bag man bagging cocaine for a drug lord. And that he also worked as a migrant worker until he could like get his own thing together. He told Esquire magazine the thing about being in New York with the cage fights. He is so he's just a storyteller. Yeah, he's just a storyteller. I mean, it's debatable how exactly he pulled off the disappearance from the ferry. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever really know the truth, but the feds think that he had been making arrangements, getting himself a trailer down there and a car months before. Maybe. He also should have probably taken those talents and written books. Maybe he would have actually make money funny you should say that because we're gonna get to that part yes yes he might have a ulterior motive for telling such tall tales okay so the journalist aubrey told his wild adventure from fleeing to and from south america and immersing himself with the migrant workers Mm-hmm. In the fields said he didn't know if Aubrey's story is fact or fiction, but it's a hell of a story, right? Yes, it is. Okay. So since his arrest, Aubrey is doing a lot of talking to journalists and his children and his father, but reportedly not his wife. Now that he's alive, his wife, Rebecca, is kind of worse off now that he's alive (laughs) yeah (laughs) well the life insurance companies they wanted their money back oh my god yeah yeah okay eventually she was able to settle with them and give back half of the money which like she didn't even get Right. It all went to the court receiver to pay back the other people. Yeah. Okay. And now she doesn't get to collect his social security anymore. Oh my God. Can she sue him? Can she do something? Well, he don't have no money. He don't have shit. It's not even like he, you know, embezzled all this money and you know, went some, you know, hit a bunch in offshore accounts. I mean, he like really lost the money. Oh, that is just awful. Yeah, it really For her. is. I mean, how could you do that to somebody? Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I, okay. And I, I hope his kids wouldn't talk to him. Oh, no, they talk to him. I think they kind of believe all his tales. And they see him as like this kind of like biblical, like, I don't know, figure like he, they write letters and they exchange scripture and stuff. Like he fell on hard times, but now he's devoted again. And so all is forgiven. Oh, sorry, but I know. Okay. So he pled guilty to three counts of fraud and he was sentenced to 30 years. He vowed to work the rest of his life to repay the investors. What about his wife? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. How's he going to do that? He's written a couple books. 
He nailed it. He, yeah, good. Yeah. He wrote Prayers by a Prisoner and My Journey to Reckless Abandonment. I was able to get my hands on the Prayers of a Prisoner book. I skimmed it. He dedicates the book to his parents. I don't know. Maybe he dedicated the other book to his wife and children. I don't know. I hope so, right? He talks about the letters he received from his children in the book where, you know, like I told you, they just exchange scripture back and forth, whatever. And he's kind of like still their hero. It's pretty clear from what I did read, he is eloquent and articulate about his faith and both books have great reviews. And it's a great narrative about redemption, but I personally, I just, I'm not buying it. Not just because I don't believe he was like the cage fighter, you know, cocaine bag man. I just think he has like a compulsion to preach to people. And I don't really think he's come to terms that he just didn't know what he was doing with people's money and he just fucked up. And for really selfish, egotistical reasons, when he was in the position that he needed help, he didn't, he didn't ask for it. He needs to be like the guy with all the answers. And he let his ego dictate his actions. And I think this kind of making up the stories and, you know, continuing to preach to people, I think he is still letting his ego do the talking. Yeah. He's not that that doesn't change. Yeah. So in the two in-depth interviews he gave since being locked up, he said he told his wife to divorce him and not to visit him and save the gas money. And the journalist said he had tears in his eyes when he said this. But I also read a rumor that he had been cheating on his wife before he was on the run. And I just think all signs point to there was some trouble in, you know, paradise long before all this came crumbling down. I think he was over his wife for a minute. I don't, I feel like if they had this, you know, loving marriage, he couldn't have done that to her, just left her high and dry. No, he for sure. Yeah. Asshole. I can't. The feds, I know. Can you imagine? The feds also say they had reason to believe that he reached out to his daughter while he was on the run. Which is weird, right? Not not his wife. And to even further the point that I don't think he gave a shit about his wife for a long time was the life insurance policy that had been called into question he'd actually taken her name off of being the beneficiary. He had put it in the name of like a fake company or something. Mm -hmm. She was able to put it back in her name because he was dead and a fraud like at the time. But he went like, he was not trying to hook her up at all. Yeah. He's an asshole. Yeah. So she is still working as a school teacher 
and all of the kids are in college or graduated from. And I'm pretty sure, though, she is still legally married to him. I don't know. Maybe there's like financial reasons why that is the case. It also appears that he has sold his story about being the good pasture banker gone, you know. I don't think it's cage, pasture. Cage fighter. Pasture, pasture is like where pasture? you pasture is where you put your sheep in the pasture. Right in the pasture. <laughs> I know. And then there's that meat, right? Meat? Pastor. Pastor. That's, that's El Pastor. Me. Yeah. Yeah, that's in Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, pastor. Okay, anyways, he sold a story. It would appear because he has this, his latest book called The Many Lives of Aubrey Lee Price. He released like a couple of chapters of it to the Atlanta Journal, but you can't find the whole book. And when you go on IMDb, Mm -hmm. it says it's in development, but the story is yet to be released. So I think they're like making it into some kind of movie. I bet. Sounds like a perfect movie, actually, that maybe Leonardo DiCaprio could play him. It's going to have to be on like Lifetime or something because... If Leonardo DiCaprio was going to play him, he would want to like meet with him and well, who knows? Maybe he is. Well, it's just, it's not real in my opinion. I don't think he would make a movie about a guy. He could make a movie about a guy that lied, but not about a guy who, you know, in 18 months did all this different crap, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But if he does, I'm sure it'll be better than the movie Contagion. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) Gretchen only got maybe not even 20 minutes in. Yeah. Everyone's talking about it, though. So I feel like I've seen the whole thing. I mean, you're living it, girlfriend. So you don't need to watch it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, they just found this like 22 year old football player in Washington dead in his apartment. For why? Well, they haven't confirmed yet, but they said he was having like chest breathing issues. So I'm sure, and it's Washington, they have like a very bad problem up there. And so I'm sure that he had it the corona. <sighs> okay. That's like contagion. People just freaking killing over. Yeah. It's just scary. And I keep telling my mother-in-law, do not go out of the house. You're freaking 75. But I don't think it even matters. I don't think it matters how old you are. So. Yeah. Anyways, that's a crazy story, Gretchy. Yeah. But see, I did try to keep it light. Uh Uh-huh. Because nobody died. Well, that's good. Glad nobody died. Crime light. I'm trying to be crime light during the lockdown. People did get all of their money taken, which is so sad. I mean, that is so 
devastating to people when they trust somebody and they steal from them. And you, you know, you know that very well too. So I do, but you know, all of the money that he makes from this will go to them. He cannot profit from this at all. Good. So I hope they make a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio that they buy. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Yeah. And then we should all go see it. Yeah. Although they'll buy the rights for a particular amount of money and then the studios will make the most, but whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Maybe there'll be royalties on top. Who knows? Let's hope. Let's hope. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Clink, clink. Uh, I am going to start my happy hour a little early today, Gretchy. Uh, Good on you. I'm doing that like every day. And you guys, we are so thankful for all your reviews. Also, if you want a little bit more of us, we have two other ways to listen to us. If you're a new listener, we are on Himalaya membership or Patreon. And we drop a bonus episode every Thursday and one whole crime which is, we just dropped our last one last week. And then we have another podcast called Panic Party, which is, you know, a way to stay sane during this crazy time. And we have interviews and just shoot the shit about whatever we shoot the shit about. So tune in there. You have anything to say about that, Gretch? No. No, she's yelling at her kids, actually. (laughs) I think she stepped away from the mic for a moment. Um, No, I mean, yeah. If you like us, come hang out with us. Yeah, so we have a lot of content right now, you guys. So uh, the panic party is, I think, three times a week. Ish. 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 Yeah. So check us out. Rate us. Review us. Five stars are preferable and clink, clink, guys. Yeah. Stay healthy. Be kind. Clink, clink. Clink, clink.